That was David Cassidy with his cover of the song Cherish, a number nine hit here in the U.S., but an even bigger hit in the U.K., where our guest today, Louise Poynton, is based. She's the author of a remarkable book about David called Cherish, David Cassidy, A Legacy of Love. It's lavishly illustrated with photos, many of them never seen before, and also memories from David's fans and fellow musicians. Louise, welcome to the show, and I'll tell you, this is a stunning book. And how does one go from being a a young fan of David Cassidy to all these years later, putting together this, again, I'll say it, remarkable book? Well, thank you. I've been a journalist since I was 15. And I think in every journalist, there is a book waiting to come out. Mm. And one of my dreams had always been to do something involving David Cassidy at some point, because I've been a fan since I was 13. Um, yeah, he epitomized to me as a teenager, someone of just pure loveliness. And he had the most unique voice. He was the star that we'd all been waiting for. And someone who we could call our own. You know, you can scroll through Facebook and social media and you see these stories and then they disappear. You can never find them again. And I thought round about 2014, wouldn't it be a great idea to pull these stories together? But I wasn't going to take them from Facebook or social media. I was going to go through my friends and fellow fans and say, hey, have you got a story that you would like to share about David and the impact he had on your life and why he mattered? And they said, oh, yeah, I've got stories. You know, I've got the memory of seeing him in concert for the first time, a chance meeting, particularly seeing him at Madison Square Garden for many was just the the epitome of what he meant to them. And all these stories started to flood in. And I thought, well, this is the sort of things he needs to know. He's always had a bit of a troubled life at times. And I thought, gosh, if he knew how much people loved him, it might boost his spirits a bit right and all these wonderful stories came together and initially it was just going to be sound bites just hundreds of little sound bites but the stories became deeper when he announced that he was stopping touring and he had his last concert at bb kings people started oh i've never seen him in concert i really want to remember him the way it was and as his health deteriorated people would get in touch with me and say hey i hear you're doing this book i'd like to share my story now sadly when he died the whole dynamics changed Mm. people who'd written to me and said here is my story or even people that i'd interviewed and said here's my story my memory can you forget about what i've written i want to write something a little bit more deeper a little bit more profound because he has died but so was my childhood, so was my teenage years and my memories. And I began to realize that I had in my possession these stories which would be of historical significance for generations to come. And everything that I'd done up to that point, I basically just tore the script up and started again and started to approach the likes of Richie Pure, Neil Sadaka, people who had worked with him in the theater, in the recording studio on tour, because more than just being the fans' memories, I thought this has to be a celebration of his life and a tribute to what he achieved. And everything that he ever sought from his peers was actually going to be put down in in black and white forevermore. 
And I'll tell you, some of these stories are really moving. I mean, you've got very personal stories in here about people who maybe had a bad childhood and listening to David Cassidy or thinking about David Cassidy or getting magazines and reading about him was their safe space. You know, that's where they could find solace uh, amidst all this trauma. Yeah, it's quite incredible. People opened up to me far more than they admitted that they ever had to anybody in, in their lives. And I think that's testament to what David brought to their lives and how he made things better. You know, as teenagers in the 1970s, we were on a mission to discover ourselves. Who are we? What do we want to be? And yes, he was my first crush, but it was always about the music. The music always mattered, you know, and he had such a unique voice and such a stunning screen presence that I think when we've admired someone and adored them from afar, when they die, it's just normal and natural to experience grief. I think what we feel inside when we lose someone that we're attached to, even if it is a celebrity, it has an impact on us as though we really knew them. And I think the stories that the fans shared with us about their own personal journeys was just so revealing about how important one man can be to a a culture. So if you could pick a song that really represents what David Cassidy brought to music, what would that song be? It would be Tomorrow. Ah. From the Home is Where the Heart is album. His cover of Paul McCartney's song, which him and Linda wrote for the Wings Wildlife. Yeah, that's that's a great recording. Paul McCartney described that once as taking the song to its full potential. And I think David's falsetto voice on this, he's transformed it. He really made it his own. But I, I think it, it, you know, obviously the music that you like about David depends on your mood. You know, there might be days when you like the real rock tracks like Delta Lady or What It's Worth. Another day you might want a romantic ballad. But either way, I think his music touches your soul. And Tomorrow, I think, is the one song that sums up for me just how unique his voice was. We're talking with author Louise Poynton. Her book is called Cherish, David Cassidy, A Legacy of Love, and it's in stores now. And we just heard David Cassidy singing Paul McCartney's song, Tomorrow. And something that's always bothered me about David Cassidy's story, as you mentioned, he had his battles over the years. And one of his battles was seeking acceptance from the 70s rock critic community or a kind of 70s rocker mentality. Now, he had the acceptance of his peers and fellow musicians like Paul McCartney, John Lennon, I know he was friendly with. But those rock critics are famously narrow-minded. They were never going to accept him. And besides that, David Cassidy's talent was so great that he is just above all of those rock critics. They're, they're not even worthy of his time. I agree totally. But sometimes if you don't have that inner self-belief and you think everyone just sees you as a pretty face, no talent, as you quite rightly say, nothing could have been further from the truth. We know, and through the podcast series that I've been doing, we know that David Bowie and Lou Reed wanted to do a rock opera with him. Elton John had often said that he wanted to record him, produce him, sign him to Rocket. And by doing that, he would 
instantly have been transformed from a teen idol to a true rock star, which is what he wanted to be accepted for. But as you say, he was already there. Yeah. Anyone who saw him in concert in the 1970s, the guy had it. He was just mesmerizing on stage. You know, he was an accomplished pianist, drummer, guitarist. You know, this guy was playing Blues Power by Clapton at the age of 22. He just brought a freshness to it. But because he looked so, so good, because he was such a good looking guy, people just would dismiss it and say, well, you know, it's just nothing. It's just a passing fad. But he had it in bucket loads. I've always wondered why people never really came forward and recognized him when he was still here. Right, as both a musician and a songwriter. Yeah. I mean, his songwriting with Jerry Beckley was completely out of the top drawer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he wrote about, there was one song he, re- he wrote and recorded, Can't Go Home Again, which was on his, his Dreams album, which was about going back to West Orange, where he grew up, where he had his formative years until he was 11. You know, for someone so young to write something so profound, we, uh, okay, he wrote it with Kim Carnes and Dave Ellingson, who toured with him in the early 70s, but he brought that musical direction to it. I think he's been totally underrated as a talented musician, singer, songwriter, and that it's about time the world started to sit up and embrace what he actually did away from the image of Keith Partridge. We're talking with Louise Poynton. Her book is called Cherish, David Cassidy, A Legacy of Love. You know, I interviewed David Cassidy uh, a few years before he died. In fact, it was on this very program. And for me, it was such a big thrill. And I even said this to David. See, it's you, it's you, Louise. You bring these stories out of people. I even said to David, I said, your voice is part of my musical DNA. And I meant it because when I was a little kid... He was my gateway to rock music, really. This journey that I've been on my entire life that wound up with me uh, doing this radio show and and playing all this great music, it really does start with David Cassidy. It's through David Cassidy that I got into the Beatles and I got into, you know, New Wave and punk rock and prog and everything. It all begins with him. So that was another uh, aspect of the book that I found fascinating, that there are other people out there like me. Thank you. I think what Cherish actually achieves is that it helps with the grieving process. Mm. I think people read other people's stories and their experiences and, and how David was there to help them, be it a poster on the wall or just a phone call, a chance meeting. But he also inspired a lot of guys to go into the music industry. Absolutely. I was really surprised at the number of men that wanted to talk about him. And that's testament, again, to what he, he gave this world. And, and it goes without saying, along with these fantastic stories, you have fantastic photographs. Thank you. I mean, it, it is a happy book. Yeah. It's a treasure trove of memories and photographs. And it's driven by the fans, no, no question. I wanted the book to have photographs that nobody had seen before. So I sourced photographers um, who had um, photographed him at home or in concert in in the 70s, because that's the decade that people remember most. That's when most people had the first connection with him. They opened their archives and showed me hundreds and hundreds of pictures, which had never been seen 
they hadn't seen the light of day and we were blowing dust off the covers and I mean it was it, just an awesome journey. And that journey continues to take shape on your podcast, The David Cassidy Connections. Were you a fan of podcasts? Was this something you always wanted to do? A little bit, but mainly it was because of lockdown. Right. I listened to podcasts, but my husband was listening to one about NASCAR racing. And it sounded really interesting. And I mean, I'm a huge NASCAR fan anyway, Um, but it sounded really interesting interview. And uh, I said, oh, what station is that on? And he said, oh, it's a podcast. And this little light bulb went up in my head and I thought, a podcast? I can actually bring David's memories to a far wider audience, a new demographic of, of listeners by doing podcasts. I had no idea how to begin, no idea at all. So I did a week-long online course and approached a lot of the fans who had been in the book and said, look, I'd like to come on this podcast. I want to just give you the opportunity in your own voice now because all the stories in the book, as you know, are written by the fans in their own words. But you can now talk about him and we can make people even more aware of his contribution to music, to culture, and how he changed us as people, made us better people. Everyone agreed, yeah, I'd love to do this. I'd love to talk about the day I won a competition to go and to fly to Hollywood to meet him. The podcasts are about David, of course, but they're also about the guests and they're telling their life story. And what I find interesting as a journalist and as a fan is how David Cassidy ingrained them himself unknowingly into all these individual lives. And there isn't any part of the world that he hasn't touched or influenced somebody and made them better people. Once again, the podcast is called The David Cassidy Connections. The book, which is in stores now, is called Cherish David Cassidy, A Legacy of Love by our guest today, Louise Poynton. I know there's more stories and more photographs that you could probably put together a uh, sequel to this book. But again, it's it's just remarkable. Thank you so much for appearing on the show today. Thank you very much. And have a great rest of your day. And you.